0: Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With CounterPoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
1: Busy week. Let's get it. uh, Let's break it down with our CounterPoint guests. We got Bob Richardson, Senior Counsel over at National Public Relations. Hello there. Good evening. And Anthony Fury, who you can read Sun Post Media, where he is a columnist. Hello.
0: Hello to you both.
1: I try not to cover everything, Trudeau, but it literally, it's its such a big story. You can break it down into 20 different um, chapters. But uh, there was a cabinet shuffle today. Three ministers uh, have been sworn in. Um, and this is the government's seventh shuffle. The defense ministry is the fifth minister on this file. And this won't change the channel. The scandal is going to continue. But, you know, if I'm a vet in this country, I am feeling just kind of kicked around as disposable as, as ever. And it was bad enough when the conservative government you know, botch this file. But um, let me start with you on this, Bob. I mean, the Liberals have further worsened it.
2: Well, you know what? I'm not going to defend it because I, I, I don't think we've done a terrific job on this file. We have gone through too many ministers and we haven't made the sort of progress that I think we should have made. And for the life of me as a Liberal, I can't figure out. We went out of our way in the last election to recruit a number of excellent you know. candidates from the armed forces. Mm-hmm. And I just can't. I can't understand why General Leslie or Colonel McCrimmon, uh, a fighter pilot, uh, isn't the Minister of Veterans Affairs today. And uh, Lawrence McCauley is a very safe pair of hands and is a good minister and, you know, did a decent job as uh, agriculture minister and served in Mr. Kretsch government. So, you know, I I think he's he's the type of guy that will get some things done. But, you know, we went out of our way to, to kind of send a signal that liberals don't traditionally do to the military, and we haven't seemed to follow it up, and I just don't understand that.
1: Yeah, I think you make a good point, Bob, because, Anthony, I mean, Aaron O'Toole, I don't think the Veterans Affairs Ministry actually started to see changes until Aaron O'Toole got in, and then, of course, they were voted out. But the, the Veterans Affairs Office was starting to, to move in the rec- right direction. I think a lot of vets felt he was, you know, had he stayed there, it might have might have improved. But, again, they got voted out, and and now we've got five different ministers Maybe a yeah, second. it
0: had been bungled earlier on by the Conservatives. Aaron O'Toole was cleaning it up. And and now, as Jody Wilson-Raybould's father had said in one of his media appearances, uh, the only thing worse than Veterans Affairs is uh, is taking on the First Nations file. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, shuffling around a lot of people into this situation, you ask, you know, what's going on here? And and you look at a lot of the stories and you go, why aren't these people uh, better served. And and like the First Nations file, you know, it's a, it's a scandal that there are injured veterans, veterans who are waiting to learn about their disability claims. And and you think about how sort of urgent on a kind of triage level uh, both of those actual portfolios are, and yet uh, they always get put there in the bottom. I completely agree with what Bob said. There are a number of uh, a really great people who decide to run for the Liberals in 2015, a number of them a military experience. Leona Alisov is now chosen to cross the floor. Harjit Sajjan has yeah. been put to work. Andrew Leslie not. And I agree, C- uh, Karen McCrimmon is, uh, is a, a Canadian hero and, and should be acknowledged as such. And she's not uh, she's not at all being given a role uh, appropriate for her resume.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think you can fix it at this point. But um, interestingly, late, late, yes, last night, five attorney generals at the, both the provincial and federal level uh, submitted a letter asking the RCMP to investigate this whole issue. And, um, you know, incidentally, it was it was a law that Harper put in once he got into power that he wanted to uh, design a law that would stop another scandal. And it just happens to be the law that JWR, Jody Wilson-Raybould, told Jerry Butts, this is the law. I mean, and he did not like that. Do you get the sense, Anthony, that um, we will see an investigation into this?
0: I, I think we most definitely will. And I know your colleague, Mercedes Stevenson, had reported that she had been told that the RCMP was indeed keeping a keen eye on Jody Wilson-Raybould's testimony and and it is interesting that Jerry Butts is now uh, looking for the opportunity to testify because if they want to keep things at the Justice Committee level then everybody's got to throw their cards on the table to whatever degree they feel they can to manage it and keep it there I don't think it's gonna cut though because when you listen to people debating it on all the TV and radio panels we're all debating it as if we're lawyers and and the final legal points and so forth. So, you know, that is something that uh, we're going to have to see prevail in court. It's not enough for us on the pundit panels to uh, to play lawyers on TV. Clearly, the debate is around the legalities of the issue, and uh, the RCMP is going to have to look into it. I don't know if they're going to feel there's the body of evidence uh, to lay charges there, because it's still a he-said-she-said said scenario, although Jody Wilson-Raybould says she documented things minutes later, and she was very well known for that. So if a credibility aspect, her note, uh, you'd think would apply as evidence.
1: Right. But, you know, on Wednesday, Gerald Butts will, in fact, um, be in front of the Justice Committee, Bob. And uh, I would think that it will be watched very closely to see what he does or does not say. Um, but you, you've you been in these liberal backrooms and the strategy and how this works. I mean, do, do you understand the strategy here? I mean, would you be advising them differently?
2: Well, yeah, let's, let's be let's be clear. This has not been a banner or a strategy from start to finish. So uh, hindsight being 2020, there'd be a variety of things that I would do differently. Uh, one, I would pass word for word the law that the British did yeah. uh, in order to protect the jobs for SNC. Uh, but I might add the British Conservative government did. Mm-hmm. And I would have just passed it law, uh, word for word. I would have had a clean motion. And I bet you both the Conservatives and the NDP would have voted for it. Right. But uh, that's neither here nor now second point i would like to make this five attorney generals is a farce this is about as partisan as it gets well one
1: of them i mean michael bryant came out and ndp came out
2: yeah let me finish um you know it's a partisan farce this guy peter mckay uh, it would have been nice in the time that he was the Attorney general if he stood up for a number of the abuses that went on week after week after week in a certain government from a heavy handed prime minister 's office so let 's cut the crap here. This is a nothing but partisan buffoonery, and this is what happens when uh, things like this happen. It tends to get out of uh, a little bit out of control and uh, and uh, and uh, we lose focus. Uh, and this is also why Canadians start to look at this and go, well, you know, I can't take this all terribly seriously. This is about political theater.
1: But, but Bob, I'll push back on that a little bit, because at the beginning of this thing, we had a judge come out that said this stinks. Bryant. Michael Bryant came out on day one and said this needs to be investigated. He's a liberal. And there's an NDP uh, that has submitted letters. So, I mean... Fair enough that maybe more.
2: You you can always find somebody who will come out and do that. Most of the time, I might add, for personal gain Mm -hmm. uh, in one way or the other, whether it's reputational or otherwise, or they're looking for something down the road. So I don't take it terribly serious. I don't take this Peter McKay-escapade terribly serious. There are other things that uh, can go on. I'm not saying that the government's right on this one, but that one uh, doesn't ring uh, terribly true to me.
1: David Lametti um, had talked to uh, Mercedes Stevenson today and says that there still could be a, a deal for SNC on the table, and that as AG he can change decisions if need be. And he's downplaying his predecessor's testimony, saying that interference is probably the wrong word. But you would think, um, after the explosive details and the blowback on the scandal, that you know, trying to ram this th- thing through is not a great look because it it looks like, you know, she was fired uh, because she wouldn't do what Mr. Lametti might. um, Anthony?
0: Oh, it's not only that bad. The challenge is that she said that the deputy minister had told the team when the new guy gets in... His first job is going to be to speak uh, to the PMO about the SNC-Lavalin file. So David Lametti's entire integrity has been compromised right now. And I feel for the guy, because there he was as a law professor, and he gets upgraded to this. He goes, all right, I guess I'll join cabinet. And then this sort of taints all of it. So uh, he's actually said he hasn't spoken to the prime minister on that, uh, although it doesn't mean he hasn't spoken. He has acknowledged he actually did speak to the PMO on it right away, said it was a part of... Of a variety of of whole issues, but this is uh, this is an awful situation for him and I, I quite frankly, I think they just need to put up a firewall right now between uh, the entire cabinet and the director of public prosecutions and by the entire cabinet, I include the justice minister in all of that. If for some reason the the, the head of prosecution gets that second opinion they wanted right. and changes her mind. So be it. But I think you've just got to let the firewall stand now.
1: Yeah. And interestingly, Bob, it was part of her testimony. I don't have it in front of me, but it's, so it's not verbatim. But at one point, Jody Wilson-Raybould did say that she was concerned that once she was out, that someone might come in and, and say yes to what she had, had said no to. Well, and I assume you saw her testimony. I mean, she was pretty credible. Yeah,
2: I did. Yeah. Uh, I, I did. She I, I thought she did a very good job. Uh, I actually am one of those people who believe she believes her truth. Yeah. And I think the prime minister believes he, uh, his truth. And quite frankly, they're doing different jobs. I happen to believe the prime minister in this case, and think that we don't need an assistant deputy minister. We need a, an attorney general, uh, and we need a prime minister who looks out for the overall uh, political good and for the economic good of the country. That happens. But Bob, Bob can I ask you, what in there, particular there, do let, you believe? Let, let, me fi- let me let me finish. Uh, you guys have been talking about this all week, eighteen hours a day. Let me finish. <laughs> um, so that would be. That would be uh, point, uh, point, number, uh, point number one on that. The second thing, I don't understand why this government doesn't take word for word what the British did, uh, put a resolution on the floor of the House of Commons, say we are going to project the jobs in Quebec. We're going to do exactly what they did in, uh, in Britain to protect the jobs for SNC. Here it is. Vote, vote it up or vote it down. And to me, that would, that would uh, be very clean and very clear. Uh, and we're doing exactly what the conservative government in Britain is doing. Right.
1: Somehow and if they had done other, that at the beginning, maybe they'd have yeah. gotten away with it. But they bungled the strategy on this so badly. I completely you know?
2: agree with you. And somehow they managed to twist themselves into a pretzel <laughs> on this one. Uh, but uh, I think there is ways uh, there are ways out of this that you could do to protect the jobs and protect the, uh, the integrity of the Attorney
0: General and the Minister of Justice. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Counterpoint, here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
1: We got Bob Richardson and Anthony Fury weighing off, and we were chatting about. Well, I can't remember what we were chatting about, but but Anthony, you had a point, so you make that
0: point. <laughs> well, no, well, you, you know, but Bob has been saying something that I've heard from yeah. from some uh, liberal proxies that two people can have their truths and so forth. Uh, I think that maybe works for the Justice Committee. It doesn't work in a court of law, which is why I'd rather see things go to the RCMP. But I would like to genuinely, sincerely ask. Bob, look, uh, she, Jody Wilson revealed said, here's the 30 meetings, here's the details about it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Trudeau just said, uh, that's not really quite how I remembered it. I mean, I, I think Andrew Shearer's wrong that he should resign. I think that's much premature to say that. Um, but I think Justin Scheer needs to step forward and actually say something. Like, I, Bob, I don't know how you guys are out here saying you believe his truth when he hasn't offered anything up. Well, number
2: uh, number one, there are several people that will be uh, called before the Justice Committee over the next period of time. And I don't think it's quite frankly appropriate for the prime minister to be running around and doing whatever, uh, with great respect, Anthony Fury wants done or Alex Pearson wants done. He's got a country to run. He's got a variety of things. This is one of many files. So, sorry, I don't think he needs to run around and answer every question on this issue. <laughs> Two, he's entitled... He's entitled to his uh, point of view, which he has put forward very clearly, and he distinctly thinks that he has a different... I can see how... I've worked in government and politics. I've been in those offices. I can absolutely see how people have different opinions uh, on, on an issue like this, and, you know, I don't think it comes as a huge uh, a huge uh, surprise to me.
1: Right, but but let me uh, point so, in, because so you've I run campaigns...
2: At the end of the day, I think the prime minister's office and the prime minister need to comport themselves appropriately and put forward, you know, a variety of information. Do they need to do it tomorrow? No, they don't. They need to do it in the fullness of time.
1: And I think they should have done it when the Bob Fife story broke. They, 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 at that point, they should have had the war room kind of operating on all cylinders. And had they gotten the narrative right then and were able to articulate it instead of opening up more holes, I mean, we, we wouldn't be talking about it probably right now. That's why the questions keep coming.
2: And they allowed themselves to be held hostage by somebody for what two and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I mean, this has not been a banner moment for for, for issues management in 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 the prime minister's office, and uh, they're wearing that. And quite frankly, they deserve to.
1: All right. But, you know who who else is not having a signature moment or a good moment is uh, Jugmeet Singh. He he did win his seat, so he does you know have a, a, a finally he's in the house, and he he also got handed this kind of liberal uh, you know. Fire handed to him so he, he could capitalize off this, but he is losing so much bench strength. So many senior experienced NDP are not running again. And and earlier this week, we heard Murray Rankin is not running. And now this afternoon, Nathan Cullen, who has been a rock star on this whole thing, he's announcing he's not going to run. And this poses, I think, a big, big problem for Jugmeet Singh. Anthony?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a time when you looked at some of the people in the front benches of the NDP, and you thought, well, if they did happen to form government with, say, Tom Mulcair, well, they wouldn't be the strongest bench in the world compared to what liberals and conservatives offer, but it would be way better than than sort of the Looney Tunes offering that past NDP caucuses have had, had they somehow magically formed government. And those guys would have been a part of it, Nathan Cullen and Murray Rankin, for sure. And I I disagree with them on on political philosophy a lot of the time, but I've, I've chatted with them a number of times, watched them over years, and I think they're pretty highly credible guys, and and I think they were both in government for the right reasons, so this is certainly a loss for the NDP for sure, and, you know, who's who's Jagmeet Singh going to attract? Is he going to do the stellar candidate recruitment that, quite frankly, Trudeau did in 2015?
1: Yeah, Bob, I mean, the problem for Jagmeet Singh, and there are numerous, is that, A, he's got to find out what he's running on, but he also has to find candidates, and they can't all be millennials. He's got to have some bench strength that people can say, okay... There, there's a mix of, of... They've got to find out who... The, what's their identity?
2: Well, you know, I, I feel badly for him this week because he actually did have a, a relatively good week himself. He yep. got himself elected to the House of Commons. And quite frankly, I thought he looked reasonable on the issue of the, uh, the Jody Wilson-Raybould issue. And I thought that Andrew Shearer looked like a buffoon. So, uh, so you know, I thought he was actually looking good. His problem, and the people that are leaving are good people. Yeah. And more prob- problematic for him is there are people in seats that the NDP could lose. It's not like Libby Davies leaving and you could, you know, run uh, you, you could run a horse there and it would get elected as a new Democrat. <laughs> These are seats that are. Victoria could lose to the Greens. Yeah. Madame Laverdier's seat could go to the Block or the Liberals. Nathan Cullen's seat would be uh, uh, up. Uh, Dave Christofferson's seat yeah. was a Liberal seat prior to him being there. Irene Matheson in London, and the list goes on and on. All of those seats are very vulnerable and uh, and they've got a lot of work to do. And that means if you're trying to recruit candidates there, you're not recruiting good candidates to run against Bill Morneau or Christia Freeland or a variety of others that, you know, could be competitive uh, against New Democrats. So he has got a real, real problem on his hands.
1: Not to mention uh, Elizabeth May. I mean, they're polling. They're actually starting to get polling numbers. And so it could be the Greens. Yeah, that ended up she, could kind of, take,
2: yeah. she could take that Victoria seat easily. Yeah.
1: All right, guys, I got to leave it there. But I thank you so much. I, I've got so much more I could get through, but not enough time. But I appreciate you always sharing your time with me on a Friday.
0: Have a great weekend.
1: That is Bob Richardson and Anthony Fury joining us here. From Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.
0: You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.